Come on, church. Why don't we give Jesus some praise in this place? Come on, let's lift his name high. We thank you, Jesus. Well, it's so good to be together. And as Gavin said, my name's Nathan, and uh, it's my privilege that I get to bring the word this morning and want to give you a huge welcome to Icon Church. And wondered if it just right now, just as we're stood in the room and you're there at home, wonder if we just open our hearts and just prepare our hearts for what God wants to say. I believe that he wants to speak to each and every one of us today, that this isn't just a moment, oh, I just turned up to church. No, that God wants to speak to you today. So come on, let's ask him to speak to us. Lord Jesus, we thank you today that we get to gather in your presence and we ask you to speak to us. Speak to us today. Speak right into our lives. And we believe today that we would walk from this place knowing you, knowing your grace, knowing your love, knowing your mercy, knowing what you have for each and every one of us better than ever before. We give you all praise, all honor, and all glory. And everyone said... Amen. Why don't you say hello to a couple of people in the room? At home, say hello to whoever you sat next to. That was a quick hello. Ah, good. Hey, if this is your first time to Icon Church, then we want to give you a huge welcome, whether online or here in the room in Chesterfield. We love to welcome new people, and we love to say that uh, even if you're uh, here today, and you don't believe it's a place where you can belong. So come on, church, let's welcome all those here for the first time today. And uh, hey, if you're online and we've not seen you in 3D from, for a while, I just want to say this, we miss you. We miss you. And uh, it's so great seeing people in 3D. That's how I'm calling it, 3D. It's actually a little bit more now, isn't it? 4D when you get a hug. And uh, you get that experience uh, of a hug. Um, for those who are taking notes, and I know there are avid note takers because the statistics tell us that 65% of people who take notes enter heaven. I'm smiling. Uh, um, uh, I'm not going to give you my title yet. I know, I've just created some real anxiousness in the room right now. So leave space for your title. Imagine if I'd not said anything though. How all the way through the message, you've just been going, so what's the title, Nathan? So what's the title? Okay, so leave space for the title. Um, let, let me start by telling you a, a story today. Um, so many of you will know, me and Debbie recently moved house. And in moving house, we had um, our, our back garden and our, our front garden laid with turf and uh, by the uh, company that were doing it. And, um, and, and we'd not fitted an outside tap yet. And I've still not fitted the outside tap yet. It's on my long list of jobs to do. I won't be fitting it, though. Sam, you can hear me. Please come around quickly. Because Debbie's just stacking up all the jobs for me, please. Um, but because I'd not got an outside tap, I had to find something that would fit onto the tap inside the house, inside our kitchen. Now, our kitchen is at the back of the house, and so it leads on to, straight out the window is the back garden, and then, uh, the, obviously, the front garden's at the front of the house. I don't know if you knew this, but that's why it's called front garden and a back garden. Uh, anyway, and, uh, and, and so I, I want to water both. So I had to find something that would fit onto the tap of 
our kitchen tap. And so I went searching and uh, found this little contraption, um, which we thought was amazing, or I thought was amazing, until one Saturday. Debbie was at work, and I'm in the house. I, I didn't, I, Zion, I don't even think Zion was there. Zion was probably staying at uh, one set of grandparents at this moment. And, uh, and so I need to water the back garden, and I do that fine. I've got the tap on. Now, let me just explain something. Our kitchen tap, you turn it on full, it's like a power shower. Literally, like you turn it on full and you will be getting sprayed in the front room through the walls. It's that powerful. It's like, it, I'm going to take a video and you're going to have to watch it because you don't believe me how powerful it is. Like we have to be, it's so sensitive. It's unbelievable. And it makes the loudest noise in the world. It's like a jet engine starting up. And, and so I, I've got the tap fit. It's brilliant for water in the garden. Uh, and so I've got the tap fitted and on the back garden and it's working all fine. And then I'm thinking, okay, I've got to take the hose. I've done a good job on the back garden. I've got to take the hose to the front garden. And I get to the front garden, but I'm just short. Like, I'm just short. And I'm thinking, no, the, the hose pipe is definitely long enough. It's probably just got stuck on something. So I pull it. Oh, I got enough hose but the water stopped. So I make my way back to the kitchen, remembering that the jet engine of our kitchen tap is going. And this had slightly come off of the tap. And all of a sudden, I am not exaggerating, there was this fountain that is going onto our kitchen floor. And this is like brand new house. I'm thinking Debbie's going to kill me. I've wrecked our brand new kitchen. I'm not joking. I need a Noah's Ark to get to the tap just to switch it off. It was that like crazy. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not doing that youth pastor thing and exaggerating, honestly. But like 10 towels later, 10 towels later, I think I managed to get it up. But there was that moment of panic and our kitchen was flooded was flooded. I wonder what our, our lives could be like if we lived fully hydrated, flooded like my kitchen. You see, Jesus talked about this, and these are the verses that I'm going to highlight to us. It's found in John 7, verses 37 to 39. He doesn't just say this kind of, uh, you know, like what he's talking about here. He doesn't just talk about this once. He talks about it in other parts that I'm going to highlight but it says in John 7, 37 to 39, it says this, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. I'll come back to that in a bit. He stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to Nathan's kitchen and there'll be a fountain that runs out. No, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Streams of living water will flow from within him. Now we live in a land where we get plenty of water. We praise God for the sunshine. Like the last couple of weeks has been like heaven. You know, we played golf on Monday and it was like being in Spain on the golf course in Spain, but we were in Grassmore. And uh, there's a slight difference there. Um, 
But like we, but most of the time we know what it means. But these people lived in a dry land, so they like water was a big, big thing to them. You see it all over Scripture. You just think about how many analogies over Scripture are used about dry land, wasteland, water, crops. He'll water your crops. Why? Because this was the biggest provision they needed for their livelihood. They needed the tap of Nathan and Debbie's kitchen and a fountain running over for their crops to grow for their livelihood. And here, Jesus says, and uses this analogy, whoever's thirsty, come to me, believe in me. And the promise is this, that we would have streams of living water that will flow from within us. We'll have this stream of living water that will flow from within us. Let me give you a little bit of context. Jesus is at the festival of tabernacles. You go through the Old Testament. I love this. You go through the Old Testament and many times God has called the people to celebrate certain things because God likes to throw a party. God likes to throw a party. And, uh, and so what people would do is they would travel to Jerusalem. They would camp out for seven days and then they'd travel back on the eighth day. Even God would like uh, uh, created a playlist for them. You know, road trip playlist. I love a road trip playlist. It's called Song of, Songs of Ascent. And you've got this playlist. And the high point of the festival, the moment of the festival each day would be a moment around water. It would be this moment around water. What they would do is they, well, a priest would pour out water from a pool, the pool of Silo. So a priest would descend. The temple was on the high ground. The priest would descend to the pool of Silo amidst the great music and celebration amidst all of that he'd fill a golden pitcher with water he'd return to the temple mount he would circle it once and then he'd pour it out and what they were doing is they were remembering God's provision over their lives he was they were remembering God's provision as a people of Israel when Moses had led them out of Egypt and they needed water we've all you know if you've been in Sunday school or goo because goo is amazing and uh, you, you've heard the story, Moses strikes the rock and water comes out. And so this moment they're remembering, that's what they're remembering. They're remembering that God provided their greatest need. Their greatest need. You can live without food. You can last between 8 and 21 days. But without water, 3 to 5 days. It's their greatest need. And like I said, you've got to think of the context. It's a dry land. All of their crops, they need water. And so here, Jesus stands up and it tells us on the last and greatest day. Why is it the greatest day? Well, on this day, they did something different. The priest would walk down to the pool of Siloam. He'd fill his golden bucket with water. He'd walk back up to the temple mount, but he'd do what's known as a Jericho lap. He'd circle it seven times. And then he'd pour it out. And there would be this great moment of celebration. And it was this moment of asking God, God, please provide the water that we need. Please provide for us as we go from this place. And what does Jesus do? He stands up and shouts in a loud voice on this greatest day. Firstly, let's highlight, he stood up. Usually rabbis, teachers in those days would sit down to teach. He stands up. 
and he says in a loud voice. I, I think if Jesus stood up and said it in a loud voice, I need to listen. I need to hear this. He's trying to get a message to the people. He's trying to get a message to all of those people there. Hey, you're thirsty. You're looking to the wrong place to hydrate you. You need to come to me. He's looking to hydrate them. I wonder if on our walk with Jesus, we just do the same, but it looks different. We look at other places to hydrate our lives. We look at other places, we go in search of taps to hydrate our lives. We go in search, and just like these people would travel for this moment, for this great festival, we can often have experiences that lead us to feeling hydrated. We can often have those experiences, and we can live in the buzz of the moment, but we end up still thirsty, still longing, still needing more. Life can feel dry. My relationship with Jesus can feel dry. And I need, I, I need this living water that Jesus talks about to walk in my every day. I, I've got to stop searching for taps. An alternative title for you, but don't put it because it's not the title, is no taps required. Because actually, I don't need to go searching for this and that, relationship after relationship, money after money, job after job, to find my fulfillment and satisfaction. No, no, no. I can come to Jesus and he'll hydrate my life. He'll bring the, the living water that'll flow out of my life. It, I said this wasn't the only moment. John 4 and verse 14 with the Samaritan woman at the well. Here's what Jesus says to her. He says, but whoever drinks this water, he's talking about the well. Whoever drinks the water, this water, sorry, uh, he's at the well. And he's, talk, he's talking with a Samaritan woman about the water in the well. But he says this, but whoever drinks the water I give him, I give him, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's this spring of water. It's this, no, there's no tap required. There's no requirement that is needed. No, I can actually just come to Jesus and he'll fill me and out of it will flow streams of living water. These streams of living water. And we, we can live our lives, and I know this because I've done this, we can live our lives feeling that certain taps using that analogy, will leave me feeling hydrated. It might for a moment, but taps can switch on and switch off, which I'm extremely grateful for for my kitchen. Because imagine if it hadn't switched off. Taps can switch on and switch off. But I can come to Jesus and this living water is readily available all the time. We can go from one experience to the next, trying to find the next thing. No, I need to come to Jesus. And just like Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, if you'll drink of the water I give you, there'll be this spring of water that wells up. Wells up to eternal life. It wells up into our lives. So these people at the festival and Jesus shouts aloud and he shouts it out and he stood up and he shouts out, hey, if you're thirsty. See, that's the first requirement. We have to realize that we're thirsty. There's another alternative title. I'm thirsty. I had lots of alternative titles for this one. I'm, I have to realize I need Jesus. 
I can't go living my life going, I need this and I need that. No, I've got to have a deep desire within me that I need Jesus because it's Jesus who fulfills, Jesus who satisfies. It's Jesus who will enable our lives to overflow with streams of living water. Isaiah 58 and verse 11, which they probably would have read in this moment at the Festival of Tabernacles, says this, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. That this living water is not contingent on the season you're in or facing. It might feel like a dry season, but you can know there's a living water that can overflow out of your lives. Oh, it's, there's no hosepipe ban here. That's another alternative title. Told you I had a lot. There's no hosepipe ban here. No, no, no. There's a liver of li, liver, a river of living water for each and every one of us that'll flow out of us. But we have to start at the place of going. I'm thirsty. I need this. I need this for my life. I say I love this because life with Jesus is an adventure. It's an adventure that overflows our life with these streams of living water. Uh, Recently on a bank holiday Monday, and the guys are going to put a video up on the screen behind me. We went to Cheedale, to the Cheedale Stepping Stones. And the guys will put the video on, and it's Zion crossing the stepping stones. And that's the sound from it but I don't think we need the sound. Yeah, Yeah, there he is. But in that moment, we were walking across and walking towards these stepping stones, walking down by this stream. And I noticed something. The stream was peaceful on top. But when I looked at the rocks and I looked at the side of, you know, like the cliff faces and the side of the walls, I'd seen that the water had fashioned and formed the rocks. Because underneath it was powerful. Maybe I've come to tell someone today that your life can look peaceful on top, but can carry so much power. Because it's powered by the Holy Spirit. I wonder if Icon Church, we could have this peace that transcends all understanding. But we have this power that, you know what, when we come to Jesus in prayer, there's a power that when we gather, when we bring up the prayer request, things are going to change because there's this power that will fashion our life, that will move our life like never before. No longer am I looking to the world. No longer am I looking for the taps. No longer am I looking for that. But the river begins to flow out. And that living water that Jesus is talking about, I've already highlighted it, was the Holy Spirit. See, John in verse 39 tells us, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. But we can receive today. We're later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But today, we can receive that Spirit. So I asked myself the question. Jesus, you said streams of living water will flow from within us. So what do then streams look like? Well, firstly, I think it looks like a stream of contentment. A stream of contentment. Paul writes in Philippians 4, uh, verses 11 to 13, he writes this. 
I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have, the lear- I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether it's a dry situation, whether it's dry land, it feels sun scorched, or whether it's wet through, I have learned to be content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through Christ, through him who gives me strength. You see, discontentment will leave us thirsty. Discontentment will leave us searching and longing for more and more and more. And if I can just get that very thing that I need, if I can just get that tap that I need that'll hydrate me, maybe it'll hydrate you for a moment, but eventually that tap might just switch off and all of a sudden it'll become dry and I need to go in search of a new tap. Oh, we live in an epidemic in our world of this because we see it. People go from relationship to relationship, relationship to relationship. We see it in the, the um, divorce rates in our land. We see it happen. Why? Because it's this discontentment with what I have, believing that the grass is greener on the other side. But let me tell you, the grass is greener where you water it. I'll say again, we go from like relationship to relationship. We go from thing to thing, whatever it is, we go trying in search of tap because we believe the grass is greener on the other side. But the grass is greener where you water it. But let me tell you this, that the grass of your life will be greener if you allow Jesus to water your life. If you'll allow Jesus to water your life today, you'll get this stream of contentment that comes from within. I found in my life that discontentment leads to comparison. Like discontentment can lead to comparison. Just like I said, it's greener on the other side. It can lead us to comparison. And I found this comparison will rob you of your joy. It'll rob you of your joy. And it'll leave you feeling empty. And so Paul writes in these verses, I found the secret to being content. I found it. Whether I've got much just like there was that Isaiah verse, whether it's a sun-scorched land, he'll rain on my life, he'll water my life, or, or, or whether, whether I've got less, I can find contentment. But I think the key verse is verse 13, which we love. We love to, love to stick it on our fridges with a fridge magnet. We love it on posters with that eagle over the cliff rock with the sunset coming down. You know, those Christian posters, yeah. Don't put your hand up if you've got one. Mama, if you're watching, I've seen them. We love verse 13, but in the context, it's about contentment because it seems impossible. But with Jesus, it's not. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Let me flip it back. Jesus says, John 7, if you're thirsty, come to me. If you're thirsty, come to me. Our discontentment has led me to comparison. It's robbing me of joy. I'm thirsty today. Let me tell you, the answer is found in verse 13. Go to Jesus. Why? Because in Jesus, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Let me tell you, there can be a stream of living water of contentment, a stream of contentment that can come out of each and every one of our lives if we'll go to Jesus because through him, he gives us the strength to live content. 
what else, Jesus? What else? What else does this stream of living water look like? Well, I think it looks like a stream of confidence. I haven't got a specific Bible verse for this. I've I just got the example of the disciples' lives. <laughs> and that moment when the Holy Spirit came. And if we take the example of Peter, who, when Jesus was going to the cross, denied Jesus three times. But Jesus has left. He's gone to heaven. The Holy Spirit has come. And he stands up and preaches the message of Jesus with boldness and courage. You see it all over the Acts. Just read Acts and you'll find moments Holy Spirit fell. And they went in boldness and courage. Why? There was this stream of confidence that came out of it. A confidence in the message of Jesus. A confidence in the message of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. I just think about my lives in moments where I've been uh, fearful of maybe what others may think, when I've been fearful of what others may say, I, I'm, I'm probably relying too much on my own ability. But no, no, I want this stream of confidence that comes from my life, this confidence in the gospel. There are many things that can knock our confidence, failures, mistakes, bad results, life not going as planned, and that knock of confidence can leave us feeling thirsty. And we go in search of things that will try and build our confidence. We'll do it. And we can take hits to our confidence. I remember being a, I, I don't know how, how old I was. I'm trying to think. I'm maybe like 10, 11, Notts County, Dad. 10, 11, 10. A bit older, 11, 12. Went on trial at Notts County and was there for a good period of time. And I remember the moment when... Uh, the coach came to me and said, uh, we don't think you're good enough. And me and my dad cried all the way home. My dad probably cried more than me. And let me tell you that hit my confidence. Being told, you're not quite good enough. You're not up to the standard. It's my dream. Like, come on, I want to play for England. Let me tell you, it's coming home, people. I, ne I always say before tournaments, I am not getting bought into the hype. It's not coming, like, they always let me down, but let me tell you, they play today, 2 o'clock. It's coming home, people. Praise Jesus. But we can live life. We can go through life, and things can hit our confidence, discourage us, and we lose confidence. And we could resign our life to mediocrity. Many times, even after that moment where there were moments in playing football where my confidence would take a hit and I'd just think, is it worth it anymore? And we can live in that place. But I believe when full of the Holy Spirit, there's this stream of confidence that comes from us. No matter the failures, no matter the mistakes, no matter what others have said, no, there's a stream of confidence. God has called me to this. Oh, I've had so many no's about coming to church. I've had so many people say no to coming to church. But let me tell you, if I rely on my own strength, I'll stop inviting. But if I put my trust in the Holy Spirit, there'll be a stream of confidence that goes, no, they need the message of Jesus. They need this. And I can be an example to it. But I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep asking. Why? Because who knows? There may be one day when they say yes. And it's not based upon my ability, on me, but it's based upon the Holy Spirit. And what he's doing, and I'm believing there's some seeds that are being sown. 
I want to speak to somebody today in this room because your confidence has been knocked. But I believe today, believe today that there could be a, a stream of living water that flows from your life, that you'll walk out of this place with a supernatural confidence knowing that God has called me to this. And all of a sudden, this will flow from your lives. So even if you're feeling dry and thirsty, well, that's the starting point. I'm thirsty. I'm going to come to Jesus. What else? A stream of compassion flows from us. A stream of compassion. What if the stream and the flow isn't for you, but for somebody else? What if it's for somebody else? What if it's for your neighbor? What if it's for your friend? What if it's for somebody else? Yesterday, um, many of you will have seen the, mo the horrific moment when Christian Eriksen collapsed on the football pitch and had to be given CPR. And, you know, we're praising Jesus today that he's stable and we're believing for a full recovery. But in that moment, like, all, all I thought I could do is just pray. It was like, it shook me. It shook me because, like, I, you know, I've played football and you just don't expect it. It shook me in that moment. And all I thought is, I've just got to pray. I've just got to pray. It was a moment where there was compassion that was flowing out. I, I want that compassion to flow out of my life constantly. Because true compassion leads to righteous action. True compassion leads to righteous action. And I wonder if Jesus has stood and he's saying, hey, come to me, all who are thirsty. Come to me, believe in me. And there'll be these streams of living water that flow from you. But they won't just be for you. They'll be for others. I love this verse in Isaiah 44, verse 3. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. Okay, here it comes. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. I wonder if it's for our offspring, our descendants, for the next generation. I wonder if this stream of living water is for our neighbors and our colleagues. I wonder if it's for the people in our world who we're thinking, do you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're going to find Jesus. No, it's for them. I wonder if it's for people even in our households who, who uh, it feels like it's a dry land, but there's going to be a stream of compassion that flows out of us. I wonder if in Icon Church, there would be this stream of compassion for a world who who are lost and hurting and need to hear the message of Jesus for our offspring and our descendants. Jesus stands up at this festival, remembering God provided the water. And he's saying, he didn't just provide it as a physical. No, he provides it for our spiritual thirst. He provides it and out of us will flow streams of living water. It's this moment where they're remembering that Moses struck the rock. So I went back to the moment Moses struck the rock in Numbers 20 and verse 8. And it says this, Take the staff 
and you and your brother Aaron. This is God talking to Moses about the water coming. Take the staff and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to the rock and before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. But Moses got frustrated with the people and struck the rock. And God in his grace after two strikes provided water. But the title of my message today is Speak to the Rock. God instructed Moses to speak to the rock. Jesus said, if you'll drink from the water I give you, (laughs) streams of living water will flow. At the festival, when they're remembering that Moses struck the rock, he's saying, come to me and believe in me and streams of living water will flow out of you. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, Paul writes this. I'll read verse 3. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Jesus. See, I want to say to us, Icon Church today, for those streams of living water, we've got to speak to the rock. It's no longer striking the rock. It's no longer searching for the tap. There's no tap required. There's no hose pipe ban in the kingdom of God, but we just have to speak to the rock and that rock for our life is Jesus. And just as he said, hey, if you're thirsty today, come to me. If you're thirsty today, believe in me. Drink of this water and river streams of living water will flow out of each and every one of us. A stream of contentment, a stream of confidence, and a stream of compassion will flow out of us today. And so I'm here to speak to people who are thirsty. And I want to declare today as we come to Jesus, we go to him and we believe in him and we speak to him right now, the rock. We speak to him, this living water will flow out that will be filled, but it'll be overflowing. So here in Chesterfield, let's stand to our feet. and I'm gonna pray. And if that's you today, you would say, I'm thirsty. I'm just gonna have, ask everyone to just close their eyes. Just position yourself in a moment to receive from him. That might be to put your arms out in front of you, just like you're receiving a gift. That's what I like to do. But whatever you need to do to receive, today you're thirsty and you need that living water in your life. There at home, do the same. Right now, do the same. And I'm believing right where you are for the infilling of the Holy Spirit and these streams of living water to flow out each and every one of us. So Lord Jesus, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. We speak to you right now. Why don't you just begin to speak to him, the rock. Speak to him. Maybe you've never done it before and you're just saying, Jesus, I'm I'm here. Just speak to him right now. Lord Jesus, I pray over every single person under the sound of my voice. Pray as we come to you and we declare we believe in you, that there would be this living water. I pray over any situation that feels like dry ground. Pray right now that rain would fall in the name of Jesus. 
I pray that there would be an overflowing of streams of living water that flow out from our lives right now. That this moment there would be an infilling of the Holy Spirit. That we, there would that promise of the Holy Spirit falling, that it would fall upon each and every life. We think of situations and seasons that feel dry. And I'm declaring that rain from heaven is coming in the name of Jesus. There are seasons in people's lives right now where it's felt like it's dry. And is anything going to spring up? But today, 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 today is a moment where those seeds begin to spring right now in the name of Jesus of Jesus, that fruit begins to be revealed in the name of Jesus. I declare it right now. We thank you, Jesus, that we do not have to come, and we do not have to come, and there be a certain set of rules, but Jesus, that we can come, and that you would fill us right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that there is no host pipe ban. There is no shortage of your Holy Spirit. There is no shortage of your living water for each and every one of us, but there is no shortage for living water across every single person in our lives. And we declare today as we are filled that this wouldn't just stay with us, but it would overflow out of us. A stream of compassion today would overflow out of each and every one of our lives and that it would go with us into our workplaces, into our families, into our homes, wherever we may find ourselves, that it would have such an impact that there would be just like that stream as we walked, that there would be this peace that transcends all understanding, but there would be this power in the name of Jesus, that there would be this power of the Holy Spirit at work fashioning and shaping us and molding us into all. And so we speak to you, Jesus, the rock, the cornerstone upon what everything is built. We thank you, Jesus. We take a moment. We say, fill us. Fill us right now in Jesus' name. Amen.